welcome back to Mouthing Off with Mike. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of Are You Not Sports Entertained? This is going to be episode four, and honestly, with the way and the trends that we've seen on Raw, NXT this week, that I'm going to talk about here in just a few moments, I might as well call this Are You Not Sports Entertained? The Judgment Day. Because, man, was the Judgment Day on my television screen a lot this week. Let's get into it. We're going to start with Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, and then finish off like we always finish off, back to our normal format finally, with the final mouth off with Mike. Stay tuned. Grab yourself a nice cold beverage. Maybe something fun to smoke on. And we're going to get into this wrestling week, starting with WWE right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Let's get into it. So, you heard it in the intro. We always start, are you not sports entertained, with Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw, this Monday, taking place live from good old Buffalo, New York, land of the Buffalo Wing and Broken Tables. And surprisingly enough, we got both of those tonight on Monday Night Raw. Wings and Broken Tables. (laughs) Raw starts off with Finn Balor uh, calling out his fellow member of the Judgment Day, Damian Priest, Mr. Money in the Bank. Good little promo here. Finn's mad about the whole ending of the match here that we saw take place at Money in the Bank. Rhea and Dom Dom are out here. They are telling Finn to take it easy. Rhea snatches the mic right from Finn's hand. Thus, in turn, Finn leaves, but Seth freaking Rollins, the world heavyweight champion, comes out and interrupts Dom, and Dom is screaming for them to cut the music, turn it off, I will not be disrespected like this. Seth freaking Rollins comes out with a good old plate of some buffalo wings. And I will say these wings look pretty damn good. So I don't know if, if the, the catering in WWE cooked up those wings, but man, them wings look fire. If they picked it up from a local spot or just, you know, good old B-dubs. Anyway, Seth's taking bites of the wings and tossing them, but he's taking like one bite of each wing. So minimal minimal chicken eating being done, but maximum entertainment being brought Monday Night Raw to start. Seth is just basically calling out Dom and Rhea and the whole Judgment Day. Gonna in turn set up round two of Seth versus Dom on Raw later tonight. Now this segment to start Raw... I was thoroughly entertained. I thought it was hilarious. Seth says the line of, well, you know what, mommy? Tonight, I'll be the one whipping Dom's ass. Big pop for me on that one. That was a hilarious, hilarious little line by Seth. More we get into the Judgment Day and and the the layers that we're building with the story. Now, we know Finn just had an opportunity for, for Seth's World Heavyweight Championship at Money in the Bank. The ending of that match is a little bit cloudy due to Priest coming out and possibly cashing in. When Priest is going to cash in, Finn distracts him. There's a whole lot of nonsense going on. A lot of teasing of factions breaking up tonight on Raw. We'll see that after this with Imperium. Staying on the subject here with the Judgment Day. The Judgment Day, in my personal opinion, and I said it watching Raw Monday on 
I actually tweeted it, was that the Judgment Day have the potential to be the next quote-unquote bloodline story, where if done properly, the combination of Finn, Priest, Rhea, and Dom could see a long-term story being built. Now, we've already, already you know, approaching uh, roughly about a year with the Judgment Day. You know, this was a creation by Edge, which in turn, Finn turns on Edge, and we had that chapter of the Judgment Day where Finn and Edge are sealing their beef that they had, and the Judgment Day moved forward from that. Now we're seeing Mommy Rhea Ripley with the, the Women's World Championship. Tonight on Raw, after weeks of people saying that Rhea's been mixing it up with the men's division too much, I've said it sometimes you know, that sometimes, you know, maybe we need to start getting some women brought up into this conversation. We're going to see that later on tonight where Rhea Ripley's finally mixing it up with the women. And we're going to be teased at a, a really potential big match for the main roster coming down the pipeline at SummerSlam. The point remains, the Judgment Day whole faction, the story has serious long-term storytelling potential just as much as the Bloodline story did. The Bloodline story, now three years. Could the Judgment Day story go that long? Maybe. Could the Judgment Day story go another year? Probably. Absolutely. Could there finally be some playoff, you know, right after WrestleMania 40 next year? Maybe. Or it keeps going and the group continues to grow and maybe they add members. I don't know. I like the trajectory of the Judgment Day right now. They're featured prominently this episode on Raw. They're also featured prominently Tuesday night on NXT. That's why the title of this episode is Are You Not Sports Entertained Episode 4, Judgment Day, because that's what two-thirds of WWE programming this week was. Imperium, their faction that is dominating on Raw. They're having a tag match here tonight. Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser are taking on Drew McIntyre, returning Drew McIntyre, and Matt Riddle. Good match here. Fun tag match for Drew and Riddle. Drew and Riddle get the win here. I'm not quite sure what we're going to be doing with Drew for the foreseeable future. I know right this moment, Drew has his sights set on the Intercontinental Championship held by Gunther. Gunther is very close to breaking the Honky Tonk Man's Intercontinental Championship title run. We just saw WWE let Roman surpass a thousand days, breaking these records that have been in place for decades, you know, four to five decades, six decades, some very more recent. We saw Theory as well have the longest U.S. title reign in 10 years. The last person that was Dean Ambrose, now known as John Moxley. I would be shocked if Gunther does not break that record and become the longest reigning intercontinental champion of the modern day and rightfully so i think he deserves it now with the returning drew and him having his eyes set right on gunther and more than likely this match taking place at SummerSlam, then you really have to keep the momentum with drew here so I'm, i don't know this one i'm torn on because i like both of these guys riddle is the kind of the wild card for me now riddle is kind of being thrown together with different tag teams we saw him in six-man tag action with ko and sammy now we're seeing him in tag action with Drew. Riddle was in the tag team with Randy before Randy, you know, had to leave with some surgery and some issues with his back. Riddle, I hope they figure something out with Riddle because he's supremely talented at the ring, showcased by most of his matches in NXT and what he's been able to provide on the main roster as well. Most recently, that match with Gunther at Money in the Bank. It, it depends here. I, I, I want to say Drew and Gunther is going to have a five-star banger at SummerSlam. Who the winner is going to be? 
That's the question that remains. We said it during the beginning of Raw, the opening segment, Dom and Seth are going to have a rematch from last week. Dom and Rhea make their way out for this match. Seth is out here. And before we can even really get this match started, the Judgment Day are all over Seth freaking Rollins. Thankfully, KO and Sami Zayn make the save. And this in turn is going to set up our main event of Raw tonight, which is a six-man tag match with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, the undisputed tag team champions, teaming up with Seth freaking Rollins, the world heavyweight champion, to take on Senor Money in the Bank, Damian Priest, The Prince, Finn Balor, and Dirty Dom Mysterio. Logan Paul and Ricochet have their face-to-face tonight on Raw following this. The face-to-face proves to me one thing. Now, after Ricochet has been with the company for quite some time now, a He's improved massively with his promo abilities. It is now so to the point where WWE is trusting him with his own feud now, and he's getting to talk. You know, most of the time Ricochet's feuds were, you know, backstage promos here and there. You know, they didn't really let Ricochet talk too much, and Ricochet's had some good promos in his past. He's had some bad promos. You know, the 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 general consensus is, you know, Ricochet is a fantastic in-ring performer, but his promos lacked a little bit. Tonight on Raw, they're giving him an uphill battle going against someone like Logan Paul, who is a fantastic talker, I hate to admit it. And I will say he's a natural-born heel. We already don't like the guy because of some of his past antics. That works perfectly as a heel, because if you're already unliked, and you're naturally, your personality is a heel, and he is, it's going to translate great into the world of professional wrestling. When it comes to trusting Ricochet with this promo, I'm so happy because Ricochet greatly improved. And he said, you know, listen, I'm a veteran in this game. I should be respected. I I don't understand why you're running your mouth on your podcast, calling me these names and calling me an amateur. And, And Logan calls him an amateur tonight right to his face. Now, does Logan Paul win the promo battle in certain aspects? Yes, but I'm just so happy for Ricochet that it kind of is lost on me talking about it because... I think Ricochet is a a top 10 talent in the world. I first experienced him as Prince Puma in Lucha Underground, and I was awed and astonished with some of the things that he did in the ring, which in turn made me deep dive into his catalog of matches and find some of his stuff from his early days in in the indies, as well as following his career from Lucha Underground, you know, to WWE, into NXT, and then into, of course, into the main roster. So I've been a big fan of Ricochet for years. So I'm so happy to see him having this feud. And he recreates the infamous spot from NXT where he jumps out of the ring to the ramp with a face-to-face to Logan Paul. And this was a similar thing that they did in NXT with someone whose name I will not be mentioning, but his persona was very Prince-themed. I'm happy they recreated that so we don't constantly have to see that video and we'll see this video, a, a new new version of it. Logan Paul goes for the knockout shot and Ricochet avoids both of them and hits a beautiful sliced bread here on the outside. I'm excited. Ricochet and Logan Paul is exactly what I want in a big marquee match for SummerSlam if we're going to do the whole internet celebrity, you know, influencers going to have a match again. Ricochet and Logan Paul have had two very viral moments. One in the Royal Rumble, one recently at Money in the Bank with that table spot that didn't go according to plan and which is the main reason for this feud, which is referenced by Logan. So I'm not a fan of the the breaking of like the 
the kayfabe, I guess, with the with the whole, oh yeah, that move, you know, got messed up and I don't know what I'm doing, which is what Logan Paul says on his show, Impulsive, regarding it last weekend, saying, I didn't know what, I don't know what's going on half the time in the ring. So not a great look there, but he does he does have talent in the ring and on the mic. So SummerSlam, Ricochet, Logan Paul, I have a feeling them boys are going to cook something up crazy. Zoe Stark taking on Becky Lynch. And Trish Stratus is here ringside, so you know antics are going to be afoot. Trish Stratus is able to distract Becky just enough time here. Zoe Stark is able to get the win here, and you'll see a backstage promo with Zoe and Trish celebrating this win later on on Raw. Becky and Trish, far from over, folks. I said this last week. They're headed towards the SummerSlam collision. Now, do we see Lita come back? in the aid to even the score here. So with Zoe on the ringside for that potential Becky Trish match. More than likely, my money is is when Trish went out there to defend the tag team titles with Becky when Tr- when Lita was magically hurt or suspiciously attacked on Raw, was the attacker Trish, I have no doubt in my mind, where's that payoff happening? Now, is Lita going to come back? Are we going to finally see that? That's what I want to know. I want Lita to come back and give me a payoff for this and have Lita confront Trish. And realistically, Lita helps Becky beat Trish at SummerSlam. So Lita takes out Zoe in that match. That's how I would do it. We'll see what happens. Chad Gable and Otis are out here for a graduation for Maxine Dupree. She is graduating from the Alpha Academy. This was a hilarious a hilarious segment here tonight on Raw. I was thoroughly sports entertained. Maxine is such money with Chad and Otis. Otis is fantastic. He's so funny. Maxine is just swooning over Otis. Oh my goodness. This was so funny, guys. Um, they do the thank you. I I highly recommend going watching this segment back. This was hysterical. That is until, of course, the Viking Raiders raid the graduation valhalla attacks maxine and steals her letterman jacket during the graduation chad was and otis had put on their lettermans and maxine was going to get her own for being a graduate of alpha academy and valhalla stole that guys wrestling can be as complicated as you want to make it but this is as simple as it's going to be valhalla stole her jacket is hitting her with the haha i got your jacket they're setting up the Viking rules match on Raw next week. We saw one of those uh, a couple, maybe it was like a year or two ago. And that match basically like they transformed the ring into a Viking ship. That was pretty sick. So if they do that again, I'm here for it. I'm intrigued by that. This segment minus the Viking Raiders was super entertaining. The Viking Raiders definitely decreased the value of that segment, but this storyline is continuing between these Six individuals, I should say. I'm intrigued. Shayna Baszler also has a match. She beats Emma. Ronda Rousey attacks Shayna after the match. That's blowing off, you know, the the steam here from Ronda getting kicked in the face last week by Shayna, or I should say, Need. Ronda and Shane is going to be a money match at SummerSlam. I can tell already. Can't wait for that match. Cody Rhodes is out here to preach to us, ladies and gentlemen. And I love a good, I love a good talking to by the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes has now made the comparison that he needs to get through Brock Lesnar no matter what. And everybody in their 
in the world, in, in your life, day-to-day has a Brock Lesnar that they have to overcome. Whether your Brock Lesnar is anxiety, student loan debt, whether it's not being able to publicly speak, whether it's depression, whether it's hard times, whether it's whatever the case may be, right? We all have it, right? Whatever your Brock Lesnar is, you have to overcome it. And I can't overcome my Brock Lesnar. And my Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar, essentially, is what Cody's saying, until I go through him. I cannot go around him. I have to go through him. Fantastic, once again, promo from the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. He's so good. The guy's got such a way with words. He's getting that rematch. We're getting the rubber match between Cody and Brock Lesnar. Twitter went into a frenzy. The internet wrestling community apparently uh, only watches wrestling for the most majority from what I saw because people heard rubber match and thought that was an actual stipulation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that the rubber match is typically the final match, game, etc. in a rivalry when it comes to sports. You know, when, when they talk about baseball teams having a three-game series or a four-game series and a team's looking to get the rubber game in the series to keep momentum going. That means that they're trying to win that last game in that series. The same thing here. The rubber match is referencing that this is the last match. They're looking to get the the edge here because it's head-to-head, one-to-one. It's tied, and this is the final match, the rubber match, the take-home match for the rivalry. Please, ladies and gentlemen, for the love of God, it is not an actual match. Now, albeit the thought crept into my head, that would be absolutely fucking hysterical. But no, not a stipulation yet. I expect to see a stipulation announced very soon for this match. The Miz Beach champion, a fantastic no disqualification match here on Raw. I told you we got Buffalo Wings earlier on Raw and Buffalo. We get broken tables, continuing the trend of the great city of Buffalo. Champa loses this match, but it looks absolutely strong because he absolutely beats the piss out of the Miz until Bronson Reed makes his face known, hits a tsunami on Champa, and the Miz gets the one, two, three. Now, the Miz has called on Reed in the past. I love that Bronson Reed is kind of in this mercenary role where he kind of just pops up. I mean, if that's a character that we can lean into, I'd love to see that where wrestlers just hire Bronson Reed to beat up other people for them. (laughs) I mean, I'm a simple man when it comes to wrestling. I'm here for it. I hope this sets up Johnny Gargano's return and Champa and DIY and, and Johnny, we can get that whole thing rolling again. Maybe Reed and The Miz is the first team that they go through. I'd like to see it. Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville are in action against Caden Carter and Katana Chance. The number one contenders here, Chelsea Green and Sonya, win this match. They win with uh, Chelsea's feet being on the ropes. Finish was a little funky getting into it, but a quick tag match here. Liv and Raquel are ringside for this as well. Now, before this match does take place, we do get a fun backstage segment with Rhea Ripley, Chelsea Green, Sonya Deville, Liv Morgan, and Raquel Rodriguez. Now, what is said here is Rhea tells Liv and Raquel to stay out of Judgment Day business or else it's going to become her business, essentially. Now, a lot of threats are going on here. And Raquel steps up to Rhea and tells him, we're not going to be intimidated by you. You're a bully. You can't just bully Natty. I'm giving you the Spark Notes version of this. A lot of complaints over the last couple of weeks of 
myself included sometimes, where Rhea's not mixing it up with the ladies. She's mixing it up with the ladies, finally. Love to see it. With that being said, we get the one of the funniest sound bites on Raw tonight, where Rhea tells Raquel and Liv, three strikes, you're out. And Chelsea goes, yeah, that's right. Three strikes, you're out. Basketball. My God. I've said this many times. A lot of people have said it. Chelsea Green was a fantastic hire back by the game, Triple H. Because man, oh man, is she money. Whether she's on social media, whether she's in the ring on a backstage segment, on an online exclusive, on WWE's The Bump Show on, on Wednesdays, she is so fucking funny, guys. I absolutely... I've been a big fan of hers from her Impact days when she was rocking the Crazy Bride character and doing that stuff. Dude, when they signed her and she had that debut match on on SmackDown, if I recall, and then she broke her wrist. Oh, man, dude, I was gutted. And then she got released. And then she went out and killed it on the indies with her, her husband, Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder. And then she was she came right back over to the fold during the Royal Rumble. So this has been a fantastic hire back in my personal opinion. Cannot wait to see what goes down next week because this whole teasing with Raquel and Liv and Rhea and Raquel and Rhea specifically, we could be heading towards Raquel and Rhea for the world championship at SummerSlam, which is a money match for me. Those two had a fantastic match in NXT. Love to see it again on the main roster. So I very well could see Rhea come out, screw Liv and Raquel out of those tag titles that they just won. And Chelsea and Sonya get those tag titles and they rightfully deserve them because they've been the most entertaining tag team in the bunch. Now I love me some Liv and Raquel, but I will say a tag title run for Chelsea and Sonya is much deserved with what they've been doing recently. Your main event of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, the judgment day, dirty Dom Mysterio, Finn Balor and Senor money in the bank taking on Seth freaking Rollins, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Much like a couple weeks ago when we got six-man tag action with the tag champs and Cody versus the Judgment Day, we're getting that with now Seth Rollins. This was a good match. A lot of Judgment Day interference, a lot of Rhea Ripley nonsense here. It was a very fun match. Now, I was surprised to see the Judgment Day win this match. And Priest and Finn worked fantastic together as a team. What? more can you ask for when it comes to the judgment day they are so good I, i'm a big fan of the judgment day i think this is a great group now what i've loved to have seen edge being a little bit longer than what he was in it yeah sure but the inevitable turn on him was going to happen at some point so i'm glad that they got it over with and now they can really break down and get into who the judgment day is at its core with Rhea, dom priest and finn this match was a fun match for monday night raw main event the Judgment Day are not done yet because tomorrow on NXT, they've got a confrontation with Carmelo Hayes, the NXT champion, and Trick Williams. Like I said, this week, at the current moment, the Judgment Day have been on two of the three weekly wrestling shows. Good money and I are off of me personally. I liked it. I sat through it three hours, right, right, especially right after work, right into it. I was able to dive right in and not miss a beat. I enjoyed it. Where do we go from here? We go right to NXC, baby, to pick up with the Judgment Day. Stay. Now they off the mic. Now they off the mic. Now they off the mic.
with Mike. As I said at the end of the Raw segment here for the show, NXT picks up right where we left off with Monday Night Raw with the Judgment Day standing tall on NXT. The Judgment Day are here to kick off NXT, and they cut a promo. You know, the history, of course, with all of the members of Judgment Day, minus Dom, Rhea, Priest, and Finn, all NXT talent who have come through, had success in NXT, getting onto the main roster. Finn, of course, most notably coming back to NXT for a stretch before getting back into the main roster and, of course, getting into the Judgment Day. So they're out here to start NXT. Judgment Day supremacy is here, and I think it is a fantastic thing. If the bloodline is ending and that story is nearing its close, then we need another story, and the Judgment Day, I think, is the one that fills that gap when the time comes. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams make their way out here, and they, they go back and forth with the promos here. It, in turn, sets up our main event of the evening with Melo and Trick, taking on Finn and Priest of the Judgment Day. Now, of course, we know Finn and Priest haven't been on the same page. The previous night on Raw, they were. They got the win against uh, the, the champions of Raw. Finn and Priest going back at it against Mello and Trick tonight on NXT's main event. Right after this, though, speaking of tag action, Andre Chase and Duke Hudson defeat Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey with the help of Thea Hale, who gets Drew in a Kimura while uh, Chase U and Duke are taking care of Charlie Dempsey. Fun little match to start NXT. Court Jade taking on Kalani Jordan. She does beat Kalani Jordan here. I like Kalani Jordan. I think the sky is the limit. But yeah, Cora Jade has definitely felt lost recently on NXT in the women's division. So I hope they start building Cora back up and, and getting her in that title picture soon. Dana Brooke, after the match, saves Kalani Jordan from a kendo stick attack from Cora. So Dana Brooke still involved in NXT, which I like to see. We love Dana here. Ilya Dragunov is going to be taking on Braun Breaker, number one contenders match. And this is my mouthing off with Mike match recommendation. A fantastic hard-hitting affair, which saw a spear from midair, multiple multiple insane headbutts uh, from Dragunov. Just a fantastic clinic of professional wrestling. Dragunov gets the win here, and he is the number one contender for Carmelo Hayes' NXT Championship. I like it. I like where we're going with this. Tiffany Stratton beats Ivy Nile. Now, definitely, Ivy Nile is a little lost without the Creed brothers. Now, we do see a backstage segment with the schism. And I could not help but notice that two of the members of the schism in the yellow mask looked like the Creed brothers. So they have infiltrated the schism and they're going to ruin the the roots from within for the schism tree. I guess we'll find out. Next up is a match that I was highly invested in here on NXT, which is basically going to be a match that determines the fate of the Don, Tony D'Angelo. Channing Stax Lorenzo is taking on Joe Coffey here. And if Channing wins... The Don is released from prison. If Joe wins, the Don is going to go to trial. Stax gets the win here. He does the Eddie Guerrero spot with a crowbar, gets Gallus. The Gallus boys ejected. He ends up hitting Joe with it. This was a great match, guys. Honestly, this was a very underrated match here on NXT. Stax looked good. Joe Coffey looked good. Stax kicks out of Joe Coffey's finisher. Crowd really didn't tell it was his finisher. You could tell they didn't really cheer that loud for it i i knew it and that's i thought this match was fantastic a very underrated match here on nxt Stax gets the win 
and the Don is free next week on NXT. The Don is returning, and we're getting a homecoming for the Don. Very excited about that. Your main event of NXT, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams taking on Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Now, this was a fun match. Once again, Carmelo Hayes has lost to Finn Balor. Carmelo lost to Finn in his main roster debut, now has lost to him in a tag team match on NXT. Very interesting. I like a little long-term story. Could we be heading towards when Melo hits the main roster, the first feud being Finn because Melo couldn't beat Finn? Interesting. Kind of put a pin in that. Put that in the back of your head for the future. We see a lot of chaos in this match, guys. Really a lot of chaos. Now, Priest and Finn are together as a team again, and they're working great together. So once again... Any sort of tension that they may have had has been worked through, at least for now. And I'm sure there'll be some more tension come right around that SummerSlam time if the rumors are true and Finn is going to be taking on Seth again at SummerSlam, coming full circle to where their story first began all those seven years ago. During the match, though, Ilya comes out to try to help Melo and trick even the odds, but there's a little bit of a mis miscommunication. Melo ends up running into him after Dragunov is able to get the briefcase away from Priest. But during this, though, Priest was able to hit a South of Heaven, followed by a Coupe de Gras from Balor, which allowed the Judgment Day to win on NXT. So Monday Night Raw begins and ends with the Judgment Day on top. NXT Tuesday night begins and ends with the Judgment Day on top. On NXT here for me tonight. I enjoyed it. We did also see a couple backstage segments here. I will only touch on a few of these. Dirty Dom wants an opportunity at West Lee's North American title. He basically accepts an open challenge that doesn't exist, which in turn makes West Lee create an open challenge for Dom. West Lee's about to go make it official for tonight, but Dom says, no, no, no. How about for next week? I'll give you time to prepare for me. Dom's funny, guys. He's a good heel. I love it. I think Dom is firing all cylinders right now. Baron Corbin is continuing that video package segment from last week where he burns all of his past gimmicks is all his characters and he is now on a journey to find who he is now there was some tiki torches and some robed individuals and i don't know i scratched my head at that one i'm gonna let this one play out but it is good to see corbin finally getting a little bit of a refresher for his character there you have it guys that's nxt nxt ends and begins with the judgment day once again just like raw like i said heading into friday night smackdown now and then, of course, finishing the show off with the final mouth off with Mike. Stay tuned. We're in our second to last segment here of this week's episode of Are You Not Sports Entertained? Judgment Day. We're talking Friday Night Smackdown. And once again, I said it last week. Friday Night SmackDown for me is the A show, man. It's two hours. It's constantly moving. There's so much that goes on on SmackDown at any given point that the show just stays fluid and it keeps moving. This week was a fantastic show here, continuing some stories as well as building deeper when it comes to the Bloodline story. We're going to see a lot of different action here on the show. We are also starting the show not with the Bloodline for a change, not with any sort of segment, but we're actually kicking the show off here with Bianca Belair, the EST of WWE. It was nice and refreshing for me. Turn on SmackDown, and the ladies are kicking off the show. 
I'm here for it. Her and Charlotte have some words regarding Bianca's match later against Asuka for the WWE Women's Championship. Charlotte is manifesting that Bianca wins and beats Asuka so that Charlotte and Bianca can have a match against one another for the title. Obviously, we all want this as fans. I want it particularly, especially because Bianca's went through most of the four horsemen of women. She's went through Sasha. She's went through Bailey. She went through Becky. Charlotte's the last one. So let's get that match. But for me, that match can't happen until WrestleMania. At least the first match between the two should be at WrestleMania. Good little segment to start SmackDown. Asuka's backstage checking it out on the monitors. And we move right into our first match of the evening, which is going to see the Brawling Brutes, Ridge Holland, and Sheamus taking on Pretty Deadly. Yes, boy. I'm a big fan of, of Pretty Deadly, guys. I saw them at NXT UK originally, and they got shifted over to NXT. They're stars. They're hysterical. And it fits very well on SmackDown, I will say, since they've debuted since the draft. They've got they've got this fire entrance music. It's giving me 80s disco. They've got the disco ball that comes down in the ring. They're they're big money. They're putting they're putting the money behind pretty deadly here when it comes to their push with creative. So I like it. They do in fact beat Sheamus and Ridge Holland, but just due to some shenanigans, Pretty Deadly's able to pull off, you know, getting the turnbuckle padding off. Holland gets right into it. The leg drop, you know, from the top rope for the win for Pretty Deadly. I like it. I have, I have no complaints with Pretty Deadly. You know, they did lose to KO and Sammy on the pre-Money in the Bank SmackDown a couple weeks ago. Since then, they still look strong. They still look like that a top team on SmackDown. So I like what I'm seeing from Pretty Deadly. Yes, boy. We are going to see Bailey taking on Zelina Vega. Now, fun little match here. It was a little short. There's some shenanigans with EO Sky. She helps Bailey get, get the win against Zelina. Zelina does hit a twist of fate in this match. So nice, nice little match move moment there for you. After the match is really where the story begins. We get a fantastic video of Shotzi, who now, if you haven't caught SmackDown in the last couple weeks or listen to the show, you know that Bailey cut a large chunk of Shotzi's hair and she's been carrying it around since it happened. Tonight, we see the payoff on that in the culmination of Shotzi with this video where she says, you think you're in control? Well, I'm going to show you I'm in control. And just a fantastic segment of layers here for Shotzi's character, a different side of Shotzi that we haven't seen up to this point. You know, we've seen fun-loving Shotzi, you know, the tank. It's it's fun, right? I think this layer of Shotzi that we've unearthed here is some money. I think it's just, you know, her whole thing is just chaos, right? She's, she's a little unhinged now since Bailey did that, and she shaves her head completely. Shotzi's going to be rocking a new look. Can't wait to see it. I think this segment was money, absolutely money. Later to find out here, of course, uh, on social media that Shotzi actually shaved her head here. And, you know, this whole story was, I guess, maybe built around it or they kind of, she said, hey, you know, I'm going to do this now. And they built the story around it. But Shotzi actually uh, shaves her head is is a way of her to show support uh, for her sister who is battling cancer. And 
this host of this show hates cancer. So fuck cancer thoughts and prayers go out to Shotzi's sister and the family, especially during this time. So, uh, hoping for the best and, and praying for the best there. So really awesome to, to see that. And, and it's fantastic that Shotzi's able to, you know, display that, um, for her sister on national television. So awesome moment there getting into another really great moment here on SmackDown, which we see uh, is going to be Jay Uso's promo tonight. And it is a fantastic promo that unfortunately the fans, uh, I guess, try to hijack. I don't know what you want to call it. What fans come into play after every sentence, you know, the, the crowd, what, what? It wasn't needed here, guys. I, I'm all for chanting whatever you want at a show, but this story deserves to be heard right you know you should let him let him get his promo off here we've we've seen jay do fantastic things main event jay uso goes on to claim that he is the real and true head of the table the tribal chief is him now of course jay uso coming out here is going to lead to the wise man paul Heyman showing up and when the wise man shows up the enforcer to the tribal chief does in fact as well show up that being solo sokoa they're out here and Paul cuts another really deep cut promo on Jay, going on to tell him that everything that is going to happen, that happened to Jimmy, and that everything's going that's going to happen to him is his doing. He wanted to be head of the table. He thought he could run the family. He wanted the family to come to him to support their children. Paul Heyman starts directly talking to Jimmy, you know, and telling them that this is this is your brother's fault for this. You know, I'm your I'm your favorite juice so Paul Heyman hilarious on the on the mic here. What ends up happening here is is that Solo tells Jay that I blame you for what happened to Jimmy as well. Jay snaps and attacks Solo and Solo and him go at it. Paul Heyman here is trying to get out of the out of the way and Jay finally super kicks Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman sells sells it like the rent was due today. And it was a fantastic segment. Another fantastic chapter in this bloodline story. The the Civil War is ongoing and, and we're going to see more than likely Jay Uso taking on Roman Reigns for the WWE Undisputed Championship at SummerSlam. And I am ecstatic. I cannot wait for that match. We are now shifting focus here into the first fatal four-way match to determine a new number one contender for Austin Theory's United States Championship. The Austin Theory Inventational as he bills it tonight. And oh dear God. Now, unfortunately it being named after Austin Theory because he's the champ, but we see a banger of a match here tonight on SmackDown. We see Santos Escobar LWO represented, Grayson Waller, the Dynamite from Down Under, the Phenomenal One, AJ Styles, the Bruiserweight, Butch. A banger of a match here. Some notable moves that we're going to see here. A Sunset Flip triple powerbomb, which was an insane move in this match. This whole match was fantastic. It was a little slow start, but it geared up very quickly on television, at least for my viewing pleasure. It was a fantastic match. Dare I say, I'm milding off with Mike match recommendation here for SmackDown. Yes, dare I say. What ends up happening is in, in this match is we're seeing a couple of things develop here. A couple different stories. AJ Styles has this match all but one 
But unfortunately, Karrion Cross cuts onto the Jumbotron here in the uh, arena, and you see him attacking Gallows and Anderson. Mishin is also attacked by Scarlet, and Karrion Cross is telling AJ Styles that they are not finished. And as AJ Styles goes to run and make the save for his teammates who are already passed out, he is blindsided. And which in turn leads to Santos Escobar hitting a splash on Grayson Waller after he hits the rolling stunner on Butch. Santos Escobar wins the Fatal Four. Big win for him. Really happy for him. He's moving on into kind of the next round of this invitational for the U.S. Championship. And he will face the winner of next week's Fatal 4-Way, which will see Sheamus, Rey Mysterio, Cameron Grimes, and L.A. Knight. Yeah, all three members of that Fatal 4-Way receive backstage uh, pre-taped promos, except L.A. Knight, who comes out to the crowd, and the crowd goes absolutely ballistic when his music hits. L.A. Knight cuts a fantastic promo, another fantastic promo. Did you doubt the guy? No. He mentions being seen everywhere, as this week on Twitter we've seen a lot of videos pop up of L.A. Knight doing a lot of different things, from Muscle Milk commercials to his time in Impact Wrestling as Eli Drake to commercials with Ric Flair for a credit card company, for skits from his own YouTube that he did years ago, from all across the map. We are seeing videos of LA Knight everywhere. He referenced that. He also references you know, a lot of people using his names to get clicks. He also says that word clicks, and he kind of hangs on that, that word a little bit. Could it be that a lot of people have been talking about him on social media, and he likes to reference that? Or could it have been another reference to Kevin Nash, who on his podcast, his show, had said that LA Knight is... Um, just you know, ripping off The Rock and Stone Cold, and if he if he he couldn't get over anywhere else, so what you know what makes what's the big deal about this guy? So you know, could he be referencing that? I don't know, but it was a fantastic promo. The crowd saying yeah after every line of the promo. The crowd loves him. I love him. I think the only move that you can make here is have LA Knight win that Fatal Four Way next week. Thus, in turn, LA Knight versus Santos Escobar. The following week with LA Knight winning and then LA Knight taking on Austin Theory at SummerSlam. That logically, that's the way to go. You saw the crowd reaction and reception for him to win money in the bank in London, across social media, in the arena. You've seen the crowds get louder and louder for him week after week after you put him in this terrible Maximum Male Models gimmick and made him change his name to Max Dupree. He's getting over naturally something that you want for your superstars on the show so lean into it speaking of the champ austin theory austin theory is on commentary during this match during this fatal four-way and dare i say if i didn't know that i wouldn't have even known he was on commentary because i could barely hear him he sounded monotone as hell and i could care less about his championship run right now i i just don't understand he's he was so good in nxt i liked what i saw and then he comes in the main roster. He's Vince McMahon's pet project. Obviously, Triple H came into the creative, and he kind of took a backseat. It was noticeable, and that could have also been for the story itself, too. But he's the U.S. champion. You know, cash is in, money in the bank, all of this nonsense. And now he's the most boring United States champion we've had in years. But he's also the longest champion we've had in over 10 years. So what are we doing? It's so bad to the point where even Michael Cole roast theory. Michael Cole says on commentary tonight, 
and the crowd chanting this is awesome and that's not something that you're used to Austin is they don't chant that during your matches holy shit if you got Michael Cole roasting your ass and he's sitting right next to you and you ain't doing nothing about that you're not even reacting on commentary or nothing it's just dry and monotone like yeah man if you want a shot at this United States championship you got to go through fatal four ways and then you got to have another match to verse me the champion because i am the best united states champion because i beat john cena at wrestlemania bro we get it you beat john cena at wrestlemania you have so many other accolades to talk about and that's the only one that you fucking talk about like the creative needs to change here man the whole I beat John Cena at WrestleMania thing, I don't know if that's just the whole leaning into the heel thing, you know, being that that bullshit heel, oh, this is I, this is all I've done, or if legit, this is all they got for theory when it comes to writing in promos or whatever the case is here. But man, oh man, give it a rest, brother. We know you beat John Cena at WrestleMania. What else you got for us? That's what we want to see. You have high potential. You're a young superstar. It doesn't seem like the guy's applying himself. I don't know. Maybe I'm going too far off the line here. Getting into some other things that we're going to see here tonight on SmackDown is the return of the almighty Bobby Lashley. And thank God he's back. I've been missing him deeply. Didn't have a WrestleMania match due to Bray Wyatt getting injured. And unfortunately, their storyline getting thrown to the shredder. Bobby Lashley's been away quite some time. He's now finally back and he returns in a video package where the Street Profits are waiting back in the parking lot waiting for a limo to pull up and it's bobby lashley who comes out the street profits get into the limo and they drive off they're teasing at some sort of i can't say new hurt business because the hurt business was its own thing but they're teasing to a a a partnership between the street profits and the almighty bobby lashley and i'm all for this if you can find a way to pair them up throw Bianca in the mix, and dare I say maybe get Omos there, man, you've got a great faction that could very well be better than the Hurt Business at its core or something new entirely that you can really, really make big money with. Because right now, WWE is a little bit faction happy. We've got a lot of factions across both brands. You have Imperium on Raw. You've got the Judgment Day. You did have the Bloodline. You've got the OC. And you also have the LWO, and you could have the potential of a faction run by Bobby Lashley, the Street Profits, and Bianca Belair, if you want to put Bianca in there, because, you know, the Judgment Day kind of has that similar formula where they have Priest, Finn, Dom, Rhea. Could you do Bobby, Montez, Dawkins, Bianca? I like I like that right there on paper. That's that's money to me. A lot of questions going up in the air on who could be in the faction, if it's the 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 rebooting of the Hurt Business, the Hurt Business 2.0. I guess what time will tell, but I am very, very intrigued for this. Your main event of the evening is going to be Bianca Belair taking on Asuka in a women's championship match, which she's Bailey and EO and Charlotte Flair all have tickets ringside for the match. Uh, very funny stuff here with the whole ticket thing. There's absolute chaos. The match ends in a, in a disqualification, which sees Oscar retain her title. We see Charlotte try to help Bianca during the end of the match as Io is going to try to cash in. Charlotte, in turn, ends up spearing Bianca, and Bianca sells it chef's kiss, like a, a million bucks, like she always does. 
EO is about to cash in on Asuka. Asuka spits the mist in Bailey's face. She gets away with her title. EO has yet another unsuccessful attempt to cash in her Money in the Bank briefcase. Chaotic end to SmackDown. Very good SmackDown here this evening. Really, the show kept flying all over the place, and I was thoroughly entertained. So that answers the question of, are you not sports entertained, ladies and gentlemen? I was sports entertained this week on the WWE side. Stay tuned for the final Mouth Off with Mike for this episode, and we'll be back tomorrow morning for Mouthing Off with Mike is All Elite. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the final segment of the show, the final Mouth Off with Mike. This week's final mouth off on the WWE side is going to be simple. With the current fan reaction and reception across social media, in the arenas, really across the world, we've been seeing it at Night of Champions when we were in Saudi Arabia. The crowd went wild for him. They they went wild for him at Madison Square Garden. They've been going wild for him for months. The LA Night Effect, yeah. The yeah movement, yeah. You have to pull the trigger while it's hot. I'm in the majority here where I believe that should have Cody won at WrestleMania against Roman. No, I don't think he should have. I think what we've seen and what we're able to create now with Cody versus Brock, Cody versus Dom Mysterio, some of the matches that Cody's had since WrestleMania, some of the people he's been able to mix it up with, I think it made sense. But it in this case with LA Knight, you really have to pull the trigger on him winning the United States Championship at SummerSlam. The crowd reception at Money in the Bank was deafening at home watching it. So I can only imagine what it was like in person, and I can only imagine what it sounded like through the gorilla position for Triple H and whoever else is in creative. You need to pull the trigger on this. Because if you don't, then you're going to really... I worry that then the fans will then start to get mad again, where you're not giving them what they want, right? Sometimes with wrestling, it's a business, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to always get what you want. Sometimes it's about a business standpoint. It's about bottom lines. It's about who is making dollar signs for the company. He's making dollar signs for the company because they just released a t-shirt in June. It's the number one seller in June, and they released it in the final week of June. Top five in merch sales for last month. And his shirt's flying off the shelves on WWEshop.com. The link will be in the description of this episode. As you know, I'm a WWE Shop affiliate. Cheap plug here for me. Use the link. Grab yourself an LA Night shirt. Keep the momentum going here for the guy. At the end of the day, yes, you got to put the title on LA Night. The whole theory title run, I was very optimistic until the last couple months since WrestleMania. All he does is talk about beating John Cena. Yes, that's an accolade. That's an accomplishment. That is an achievement. It's on its own because... Had it happened for a lot of wrestlers, most notably in my mind, Rusev, that would have helped them substantially. But yet, for Theory, it hasn't helped him. It was a hurt. And just like John Cena said in the promo right before the WrestleMania match, that no matter what, whether I beat you and bury you, or whether you beat me, you're gonna be, you're still gonna be the same after this. Nothing. And nobody, nobody's gonna care about you. So the fact that John Cena literally said it comes true it's it's a shame because he's so young he's got such talent that i'm i have i was pulling for you man i'm we're in the same age bracket here man 
Like I was, I'd love to see someone my age doing something like that because that's fantastic to see. But at the same time, from a storyline point, from a, a viewing point, I'm a little bored of it. And it's unfortunate that he has the longest U.S. title run in over 10 years. And it's not talked about enough about like it is with Gunther's Intercontinental Championship run. It was mentioned a few times on commentary tonight, but I think the things are in motion. LA Knight's in the Fatal 4-Way next week on SmackDown. He wins that. He takes on Santos Escobar probably the following week or the week after. We've got a couple uh, We got a couple more weeks here until SummerSlam, so plenty of time there. Yeah, I think LA Knight wins, beats Santos Escobar in a great match. Santos Escobar won his Fatal 4-Way, which was a big win for him. And then I think Santos and the LWO can definitely rebuild from that. You know, that's that's good momentum for them anyway, even if Escobar were to lose tonight. And Knight needs this right now. The crowd's behind him. Put the title on someone that people are behind. Unfortunately, they're not behind theory right now. That's my final mouth off, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening to Are You Not Sports Entertained? Episode 4, Judgment Day. Don't forget, we are a WWE Shop affiliate. Some links will be in the description if you're looking at some merch, just a general link for the whole shop. One will be there exclusively for LA Knight's new shirt. Yeah. Uh, And I'll also throw in the link here for the new Judgment Day shirt that just dropped. They just dropped four new crazy shirts. One of them says Mommy's Always on Top. One of them is Dirty Dom. We've got uh, one with all four kind of in cool character uh, vibes with some of their signatures uh, behind. Some real cool shirts just dropped. I'll have those links in the description of this episode. As well, we're also a partner here with W Energy. If you're looking for a great pre-workout substance uh, that's not going to leave you jittery, that doesn't have any fillers, no sugars, and honestly tastes really damn good, check out the link in my description for a starter pack. comes with a uh, shaker bottle with it as well, so not only do you get the samples for W Energy, but you also get a cool little shaker bottle too to mix it up in. Uh, I've got some codes as well as a link in that for the description as well. There you have it, guys. Stay tuned. Tomorrow's episode of Mouthing Off with Mike is All Elite. We'll be dropping uh, Sunday morning. And thanks for listening. We'll be back. Mouthing Off with Mike. Mouthing Off with Mike. Mouthing Off with Mike. Mouthing Off with Mike.